Welcome to Talk with Claude. I'm here today with Hilary Neil Matchett. Uh, I knew Hilary uh, back when I was living in Canmore, which was how many years ago now? Oh, well, that would have been 12 years ago. Diego's 12. So oh, that's right. 12 ish years ago. Um, Hilary's got a kind heart. She moved to BC. Uh, I also moved to BC. I stayed in BC. She, you stayed one year in BC, you said? Yeah, about one year. Yeah. yeah. And then moved off to Ontario, where she lives with her man and her seven year old and a new baby who's how old now? Yeah, Charlie's six months old. Six months old. So, um, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on. Uh, a lot of people might have questions and I'm realizing I need to contact more with people where they are and not necessarily where I want them, want everybody to be. Um, for those of you who know me, you know, I've talked about um, the economy. I've talked about a number of things that have the potential to happen and here we are we had a big bubble and now we've got this virus little pin that's pricked our bubble and a lot of people are kind of just starting to realize the magnitude of what's going on and also um you know i was listening to actually a um a report by kitco metals uh with um the name's going to come back there. Anyways, the, the, this fellow who, who wrote a book <clears throat> about a situation just like this, uh, Jim Rickards. And uh, the first thing he said is, if you think you know where we are right now, you don't. <laughs> and if you don't know where we are right now, you're probably right. Okay. Things are changing so quickly now. And there's so much different information coming at us that nobody really knows where we are so the approach i'm going to take right now is i'm going to stay open-minded to all kinds of possibilities and i just want to really want people to distinguish what they know what they actually know from what they believe or what they act on because those are different things um so i leave a lot of possibilities open in what i might say today during the conversation but if you want to know what you believe you look at how you act so if you believe that whatever is happening right now we're going to hunker down for a week or two and then go back to life as it was then you're going to prepare as a function of that and you're going to act that way if you believe that the world has changed now and we're never going back then you're also going to act a certain way right so um keeping that in mind uh hillary let me know how how things were maybe a month ago where you are so give us an yeah. idea of what you started what what life was like what would you what you would call ordinary life and then take yeah. us into what happened in the last few weeks and how where you are right now yeah okay so about um a couple months ago life was um, normal for us my seven-year-old was at school every day. I was home. I am still home. <laughs> home on mat leave. My husband is a realtor, so he's in and out quite fluently, um, working all the time. Um, I have friends and family stopping by, um, going to events, parties, what have you. And a little bit of a whisper of the coronavirus going on around the world, but um, 
nobody here was really concerned that I know of or that they ever spoke about. Um, and then I would say Thursday, so we're, we're on what, Wednesday, or no, we're a week. We're, we're Thursday, week. so a week ago? We're Thursday. Yeah, so a week ago. Um, I like to just say shit got real for a lot of people. <laughs> That's kind of what happened. Uh, things just really, really rapidly started shifting. Um, school was canceled here in Ontario for the next um, two weeks. So we're on March break. So it, three weeks of kids at home, um, two weeks unplanned for sure. And then each day, more things unravel here. Um, and was it yesterday or the day before we have, now it's been stated that we're in a state of emergency. And um, where I'm coming from with a lot of my concerns, it was just with my mommy friends and a lot of friends that I have that have anxiety. And this does add a huge load of stress to them. So whether they've thought about this happening in, or not, here we are in it and not feeling prepared and stressed and anxious and not having any of those external like support groups. So um, now I see a lot of moms posting on social media about how they're feeling depressed, they're sad, they're worried, they're anxious, um, and they don't really know what to do or what to make of it. Um, so, you know, my husband and I, just decided to have a little chat and make sure we work good. And that's what I'm trying to put out there is just have a chat, make sure you as a home are good. Do you need to plant some things in your garden? Do you need to think about, you know, making some things at home? I don't think the reality is it's just gonna be another two weeks. I think there's gonna be a few more repercussions and if not plenty. So um, kind of brings me up to speed, I guess. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, so you mentioned that the like for you guys in Ontario and the, the people in your environment, the big trigger seemed to be last Thursday. What was the announcement or what was the reality? Was it the, the schools closing that were announced last Thursday? Because the state of emergency is from this week, right? So what, what, yeah. what made it sink in originally? Um, I think as we started hearing about cases, coming closer to us. I know that's when for me and my husband, we were like, okay, so, you know, I like to, I'm, I like to do things like, you know, <laughs> cooking and baking and crafting and using nature and, you know, and he's a hunter. And so we did have that conversation and that was just to have our, to make sure our unit was safe. So since, since Thursday, when they announced, you know, yes, the kids are home, we were kind of like, okay, well, here we are, you know, we could, take on some kids if we needed to and let's just band together this is just the kids at home too two days later we actually don't want any other friends over just let's just keep our distance um let's not have any my parents come by let's just let's just get a few stocks in you know whatever we need um and that's i think the shock as as more and more information comes and we've seen the people posting about what's happened in Italy and in China and everything um, I think the fear kicked in so like you know Thursday was school fr Friday was oh no okay things are really getting getting going and then you know Saturday and Sunday over the weekend I noticed just from my social media people really going into stress like straight to stress anxiety what are we gonna do this is terrible um, so I guess yeah that's what what I've seen in the last couple of days. I have a different take on it, but that's what it seems to be 
the, the overall picture, right? Right. And um, as far as your personal situation, now you were uh, being a mother at home full time. You don't have a sideline or anything like that uh, at the moment because you, you said you had a when we talked earlier, you said you had a daycare. Uh, you, you weren't running a daycare out of your home or anything like no. that at the time. Right? No, um, I work part time for my husband um, as an assistant. And then I was waitressing part time as well before okay. I went on mat leave about seven months ago. Okay, so you're already on mat leave. So as far as your immediate um, change, uh, you were kind of in a good place for school to get Absolutely. canceled and stuff like that. Oh gosh, and, yeah. I, and I think we're, we're really lucky for that. And that probably helps me just kind of go, okay, well now we're just we're just gonna have to make it what it is, right? So I'm home and I'm, I'm pretty lucky and I'm pretty happy with that, to be honest, yeah. Yeah, so you can understand. Uh, and I, you know, I, I don't wanna, minimize that the importance of having a parent at home whether it's the mom or dad um you know for like for us it's a decision we made my uh julie had a daycare for a number of years uh last year was her last year of daycare after 10 years operating and uh, she decided to take on being a learning consultant for a distributed learning school so she is basically already working online which is my god for us that's so god sent because you know it allowed us to have the kids at home as well Mm because they're home learners so you know that's one less stress we don't have to reorganize anything now as far as the parents they had you know your typical parent the kids go to school both parents work um, yeah. a lot of them are maxed out on their bills already so when mm-hmm. they, they learn that oh school's closed now they're already thinking oh god i gotta reorganize everything and maybe mm-hmm. i give up my job or what's going on and then mm-hmm. maybe a few days later they're like okay social distancing now a lot of now that doesn't necessarily uh, cause every job to stop some jobs are still running but um like for myself i was actually um sick this fall uh i had a a really strange autoimmune disease that started creating gangrene in my foot i was in the hospital for three weeks oh my goodness yeah yeah and finally uh they gave me um autoimmune treatment which is an immune suppressor which is not great to have at this moment of but, course, yeah. No. Yeah, but uh, basically, I just started to work. I uh, I done about a week and a half of work when this mm-hmm. all came down. I was driving a bus uh, for the yeah. resort here, so yeah. imagine like a full size, not not oh, like no. Greyhound size, but more like a, a full size city bus full of yeah. skiers back and forth, back and forth all day with people coming in from everywhere in the world, and that's our reality in Revelstoke. Um, so Sunday, um, I think Saturday evening, my son came down with a fever. Uh, I woke up Sunday morning. I had, you know, like a bit of tonsils, stuff like that. And I'm thinking with all the information we just got, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm supposed to be operating. my, My employer hasn't quite caught up to what's going on. If yeah. I don't know, I don't know if I've had it, if I have it still, because I still you have, have a few symptoms. Yeah. Nobody yeah. has an idea because they won't test, right? So that's I, yeah. a big problem. So I tried to reach the 811 line 
uh, mm-hmm. which is the information line as to what to do with certain health issues and stuff like that. After two days of trying, of calling multiple times a day, I couldn't even get an answering service, let alone talk to a person. Right. Uh, after two days, I actually got the answering service, which kind of refers you to the website. Yeah. So I went on the website and basically they're not doing mass testing or anything. And the test also takes a week to come out, even if you did test. Uh, right. So maybe we'll talk about the tests uh, itself a little later on, but just to say that I, I took the decision, I took it upon myself to call in and say, listen, I've got symptoms. If this was any other time, I could totally go to work. Like I'm not so sick that I can't go to work, but I am so sick that in this context, I don't know if I'm going to be transmitting that to every single person and they're going to distribute that everywhere. Yeah. And absolutely. also I'm immune compromised, which means if somebody has it and gives it to me now, whether, right. because I don't Very know whether or not I already have it, but if I get I it, then I could be in trouble uh, and yeah. suffer uh, quite a bit more. So mm-hmm. a lot of jobs are like that. That was one example was my job. I know in a lot of places they're keeping daycares open so parents can go to work. Yeah. But, uh, you know, from having, and you've operated the daycare, we've operated daycare. Yeah. Like the reality of social distancing with young kids. It's not like, There's a reason no. why there is, you know, there'll be outbreaks of, um, Mm-hmm. of lice and and if yeah. somebody catches a cold then everybody catches it daycares yeah. have the reputation of being the epicenter of distributing disease, yeah. well, the right? kids, they don't uh, care they they're like here do you want to here i just chewed on this you have a chew now like they don't, yeah. they don't care at all. And, and to be so honest we we we've loved our daycare parents over the years but to be mm-hmm. honest typically if parents have to go to work and their kid is sick I think subconsciously yeah. they always see them as being less sick than they are and they'll bring them in they're like oh it's just a little runny nose or he's got yeah. a bit of a cough but it's nothing right but if the parents have a healthy kid and they come to bring him to the the daycare and learn that there's a kid that's sick there they'll they're actually like, make an effort to take him out and not bring him there right yeah so totally kind of yeah. this double standard going on but everybody does it so in the end things get transmitted really easily so that can be really a a, a strong vector for spreading the the virus right now if daycare stay open even though schools are closed which is right something really so daycares are still open where you are because we've been everything's been shut down here for the most part the only thing that is open would be grocery stores and um pharmacies and then i believe like the liquor store is open um we have the LCBO here, so it's it's only it's, it's reduced the hours. But generally speaking, everything else should be shut down. Yeah. Well, what I'm finding is that you know Canada overall, I think, is in a very privileged position to deal with what's going on because it started elsewhere. Because mm-hmm. now we have data on how quickly it spreads, what kind of yeah. uh, number numbers curve it spreads with you know these exponential curves that you've probably seen if you if you've looked at the website i, I can actually I'll, I'll just quickly go to i'll, I'll do a share screen here in a second um, so j- just so that people know what i'm talking about here I'm just gonna share a screen here okay can you see this yes i can yeah Okay, so um, 
So total cases to date. So this is um, Worldometer coronavirus. Uh, it's just like a, it's kind of live update on the situation. So 230,717 cases worldwide, 9,390 deaths, and 86,261 have recovered as of today. Okay, mm -hmm. now I, I did a video using this, I think, two days ago, and, and you know, the numbers are still moving quite a bit. Um, there's still 135 active cases worldwide, and obviously those 135,000 people, um, those are the ones we know about. The problem yeah. with this disease is, uh, for example, we're, we know today who was infected 10 to 14 days ago. We don't know who's infected today because 10 to 14 days ago, people were walking around, going to the grocery store. Yeah, 10 to absolutely. 14 days ago, people were still going skiing. I was still working, <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we don't know who's infected today. We know who was infected 10 to 14 days ago. Now, in 10 to 14 days, we're going to find out who's infected today. Yeah. Right? So people really need to get that. It's, it's, it's a much more contagious disease than yeah. your common cold. Okay. Absolutely. And so, and what this does, if you look at the, these are the uh, the total cases. So you, you see, there's like a there's a little jump here, and kind of a level mm -hmm. off, and then it takes off again. So a lot of this initial curve here was in China, and then this is kind of the breakout when it kind of spread out. Now there wasn't a lot of testing. All of a sudden they started testing, so you get this kind of jump in this awareness of official cases, right? And then mm -hmm. if you look at this curve here, this is where we are today. Yeah. So we're still on that upward curve. So we haven't seen the half of it yet. Now, hopefully because of actions that we've taken, because we've been aware, especially in Canada, we, we were aware early this was going on. So I think we mm -hmm. may have taken, we, we may have been late on the ball a little bit, but we have taken some measures now that along the lines of this curve will have shown up like earlier on the curve scale compared to Europe, for example, where they, right. they didn't control, they didn't take it seriously until things got really bad and then everybody kind of woke up together into this horror, right? So this is right. what we're trying to avoid. Um, so that that's the worldwide cases and you can go to this website here and they have, um, they have it by country as well. Right. And um, just to give you an idea, like China, uh, China, well, I mean, they have an excuse. That's where it originated. So they were playing catch up. They had no data to go on. Right. So, you know, when you look at the, the, the number of deaths, considering how many people are in their country, I mean, they, they mm -hmm. did relatively well. <laughs> You know, right. all things can, they've got billions of people in their country, right? So mm -hmm. uh, now it's not over. They still have, um, you know, over 7,000 active cases. But if they manage yeah. them well, hopefully it doesn't s spread much past that. But we're always kind of late on the curve, right? Because there's a lot mm -hmm. of people going around right now that don't have symptoms that mm -hmm. may be spreading it. And that's why we have to be really disciplined. And it's, it's I remember, like, for myself, I, I'm, I tend to be very prepared for certain things, but it was, yeah. I remember it being really an, a very hard thing to do that Sunday when I decided to call in sick and not go to work. It was, yeah. it, despite everything I knew, every fiber of my being is like, you're not that sick, you can go to work, right? And well, and that's how we're, 
we're we're conditioned to do that. I mean, and I've always kind of said that to my husband is we've always kind of been like, oh, you're not that sick. You could still go to work. And I, I've said this even before this outbreak is what what would happen if when we weren't feeling all that great in those early stages, if we did choose to stay home, what what might happen? <laughs> like, but we're told, especially and it's it's a mentality a lot of workplaces have are oh, is he really sick or is she da 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 So I think it's, it's definitely, this is a really, this is a really relevant time to point that out. Yeah, and, and you know what? Oh. A lot of people will, will jump to pointing out that, um, <clears throat> that the, the, the main issue was, well, I need a paycheck, I need to go to work. But I, I know that that Sunday, it wasn't actually that. It wasn't, I, I mean, I, I was just starting work again. We're not, you know, we, we weren't in a, good place because I've been off work for so long in my case because I was already uh, sick with this autoimmune disease in the fall so for, for sure maybe that motivation was there but that was yeah. my main motivation is this commitment yeah. that I made to go to work and I you know I, I don't know if it's a ma more masculine trade but I, I felt like really kind of responsible or, or like I need to man up and get to work kind of thing right and I'm really fighting that kind of that kind of attitude that's really really strongly ingrained and say well i'm not doing yeah. anybody any favor and if i look you know when we when we look at like if you look at the list here if you look at italy if you look at spain mm -hmm. and if you were to go back like they have now and yesterday right so um you can jump back and forth but if if you look at what's gone on in those countries and you work your way back to the number of cases that we have right now in Canada, you know what's going to yeah. happen because that's kind of looking back in time. And the yeah, numbers absolutely. will tell you what you can expect if you, you mm -hmm. know, um, a lot of people don't quite understand the exponential function, right? It's, there's a doubling time, right? So if you start off with one case, then they and with this virus if you start off with one case and they just go around with everyday life they'll infect at least four people in a day yeah right I, so I, so the crazy. doubling yeah. the doubling is just huge right so um so that's really what made it or broke it for me making that decision i'm like well i know where this goes so i'm gonna stay home and i know it won't matter because within a few days or weeks everything will be closed yeah. anyways yeah, and absolutely. Yeah. Right now, my work is still operating because they need to move people around. It's a bit like the airlines are still operating and people are wondering why. There's a lot of people that are outside their homes. That If you close the airlines right now, they're just stuck. And I have friends that are um, in, in uh, they were visiting in Sri Lanka and Africa and they were having trips around the world and they had no idea what's going on and all of a sudden yeah. they same as you described they just went like boom oh my god i've got to get home now but everybody yeah. kind of had that reaction together so now everybody's trying to cram into these flights but they're just the flights weren't meant to operate like that with everybody wanting to take the flight the same day right so the airlines are really scrambling they're leaving services open that's why it's happening of course it's also a huge vector for transmission <laughs> right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, and sa same as the bus services and the taxi services. But um, yeah, hopefully we can restrain our activities to really essential stuff and not take this lightly so we can lessen the impact. So I just, well, yeah. I think, yeah. Sorry, what was that, Claude? So yeah, I just wanted to show that. And uh, if we yeah. uh, quickly look at Canada's numbers today, 
according to this uh, source, we're up to 770 total cases with 43 new cases today. Mm-hmm. Nine deaths, no new deaths today, and there's one critical. So that's our picture in Canada. But like I said, we're privileged because if you go back in time, say, you know, any kind of country that would resemble our system in Norway or Belgium or maybe Australia would be, Australia is doing very similar to us. I mean, in BC here, we're kind of, we've got Vancouver as a port to a lot of Asian traffic where the virus originated. So mm-hmm. we're kind of an entry point. So that puts us uh, yeah. more in line, say, and Ontario is probably next after that. And then it, uh, it lessens, right? So. Yeah, I know, um, yeah, a couple of weeks, or a couple of days ago in those early, there was a few in Ajax, which is less than about an hour from us. And so I think when I mentioned that people around us were we that's it. There are there are cases here, like it's here. I think that's that's when you really realize too. Okay, it's it's got real. Like things are things are happening here. So we need to kind of hunker down and make these choices and really like think about that. But I also think some interesting stuff has come from this. And a lot of people are focusing on how scary and awful it is. And once you've decided that you know you're going to be home and you've accepted that there's actually a lot of other really crazy amazing things that have been happening and um you know like our admissions the pollution all around us is lessened um i'm also noticing a ton of communities online that are um kind of banding together and a lot of beautiful things to kind of help perk people up and keep them energized and you know one of the local communities close to here over St. Patrick's Day um, all the kids were running you know they, they want to all play but they, they can't so they ended up doing a scavenger hunt throughout the city where you know they put shamrocks in windows and kids had to go find them all so keeping that social distance but still you know making a community and um, that's what I really you know, want to focus on. And I think it's kind of a beautiful thing in a way. Um, I know it's it's tragic and it's awful and there's terrible things and there's a lot of worry and, and, and so there should be. But I think once you swallow that and just decide to look at that and say, okay, what do we need to feel like a safe environment in our homes? Because that's what we can control is what's in our house and what's around us. And then focus on, this is the time to recenter with my kids. This is the time to, you know, get to those projects I didn't have a chance to, um, and have those conversations with your husband or your kids. Um, you know, so that keeps coming up with me. And so looking at all of those things, it's, it's just like I've, I, it's not, it's not a surprise anymore. You know, it's not a surprise at all. But I do think if we can just change the way we think about our everyday routine and. You know, um, I know Justin Trudeau just put out a bunch of subsidies and I'm I'm sure it's not going to cover everybody, but I'm actually really happy to see him making some effort. And I think that's more than some countries have done um, so early on as well to expect that six months down the road, we're going to have, you know, all sorts of upheaval and people are going to need to find homes. But it does bring out, um, it does bring out some once we once we set aside that stress and worry and panic it does bring out this other side of people which is you know thinking about those loved ones and picking up the phone oh my goodness 
goodness, I've been on the phone all week and I'm not upset about it. People are calling me, they want to chat, how are you doing, what's going on? And there's a different tone of communication there that we've just, like, you know, when I was a teenager, we spent hours on the phone and if we weren't spending hours with another person. And we've lost touch with people, even though there's more people in one place, we've just lost sight of, you know, actually having a conversation with them and, you know, that with your kids, your husband, whatever it may be, your home, giving those attentions elsewhere. So um, do you find that that's happening with you guys at all? Or is this just staying the same for you being homeschoolers? No, actually being homeschoolers is kind of interesting right now because um, you, you know how one of the first things people will ask you when you're a homeschooler, they're like homeschool, well, how do you socialize your kids? Like, like we well, keep them locked up in the basement or something. I, I don't know what, what this crazy imagination that public schools have put into people's minds, like this, this kind of mind control yeah. that, that homeschooling is about locking up your kids and, and protecting them from, from the real world, right? Like, and to us, now that we, we live the homeschooling life, and um, I'd even add to that that we're, our style of homeschooling is, uh, has been dubbed radical unschooling because yes. our kids um, follow their passions. They, they don't get punished, they get guided. We treat them mm-hmm. as you would treat your... You, you, we treat them as our equals at a different stage and, and they share stuff with them, with us that, that really help us and we share stuff with them. Um, yeah. I, I don't put myself above my kids, but I, they know I have you know, life experiences that they can benefit from. And then they have that unrestricted imagination and ideas and, and concerns that are different than mine that I can learn from. But um, it, it's a it's really um, a partnership that we have with our kids that I find is really lacking in society. And, and some people it's like, oh yeah, you guys just let them do whatever they want. It's not like that. You really have to live it to understand. But anyways, I'm, I'm going off on a, a bit of a tangent now, but um, so. Well, I gotta tell you something for one second. I just have to interrupt. Did you know that I was homeschooled? You were homeschooled, eh? Did you yeah, know that? I, I think I recall that. I think you mentioned that yeah. at one point. Yeah. Okay. All right. I just wanted to put it out there <laughs> since yeah. we're on the topic. <laughs> right on. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't, but I, I didn't have a very, I, I know that a lot of things that really mattered in my life were done outside of school. School kind of got in the way. School was that busy work that I had to go through and get kind of yeah. depressed about. School is where I got bullied as a kid. Yeah. Um, and I longed for those exciting things I would do with my own drive, my own learning that I enjoyed outside of school. And that was my experience. And I know it's not the same for everybody. And I, I know some people that didn't have a very fun or very positive home life that really appreciated ha- having met good people in school that helped them out. Yeah, exactly. And I totally get yeah. it. I'm not, I'm not throwing out the baby with the bathwater, but reality is right now, there is no school. And yeah. then the other reality is that it will probably be the case for quite some time. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, if you looked at that exponential curve I showed early on, we're just at the beginning of this, unfortunately. And I think that hasn't sunk in with a lot of people, but the world's about to change, but not all that change is going to be negative. And to get back to your question, um, because we homeschool and, and throughout the week, everybody's in school, 
we don't keep our kids isolated, but the system does no. because it, it takes all the kids away and locks them up in a building the same way that they kind of project that onto us. Like we're the ones locking them up in a building, right? Yeah. Um, the type of social interactions that my kids have always had have been voluntary. Unlike the school yeah. where you're forced into relationships with people that, that you don't have an affinity for just because they're the same age as you. Um, right. It leads to that bullying and leads to these kind of it's, it's a bit like being in a prison that's why there's so much rape and bullying and, and awful things yeah. that happen in prisons because you're forced together and you can't get away from people that you shouldn't hang out with right so my kids don't have that they they choose their friends and yeah there might be some teasing and some playing around but it i i haven't witnessed bullying i've, I've witnessed them if they want to keep playing then they have to sort out their stuff and that's an extremely extremely important skill now what i've seen lately is that now you know well we live uh, close to a really nice open space where we go for walks we just uh, got cosmo our little uh, black lab uh, recently so we have to take him out for walks quite often and now we're meeting a bunch of families that and and we're you know because of that this um social distancing well we're coming across them but we kind of have to stay far but they they're kind of together quite a bit right so so yeah. we're, we're really starting to witness parents reconnect with their children which my god is so so lacking in our society so that's yeah. super super good to and that and that's kind of one of the things that that they're coming out of this that's super positive um yeah, my yeah, my kids to socialize if you're still wondering how i socialize my kids well i don't socialize my kids but my kids socialize themselves quite a bit yeah. and um so one of the ways we're um they were doing it is that every saturday we had uh, dungeons and dragons which keeps the kids busy for like five to six hours in the afternoon or something like that yeah. and i did dungeons and dragons as a kid it's a role-playing game where you have like these character sheets and you have like this much health and dexterity and strength and and then you play role kind of what you do and how you interact with the other players in the game so it's like a video game but for real there's a lot of right. writing involved there's a lot of math involved and dice rolling and statistics and stuff like that but you're not realizing that you're learning all that just for the sake of learning it you're learning it because you need to use it so yeah. it, it it's one of the things that motivated my youngest kid who wasn't as he, I don't think he he has my personality, and I wasn't a very um, enthusiastic reader, but it really motivated yeah. him to, to read because he needed to learn those things. Whereas my oldest kid is just like, I, I don't know anybody who reads like he does. It's just amazing to see, and it's his own talent. I mean, I read stories to them, and then that one day, I think he was ten when he grabbed the book from me and says, "You're you're too slow. I'm just going to read this on my own." Like, but, but that's him. That's him. It. it, it it, it can happen at different ages for different kids and stuff it, it doesn't uh, everybody's individual uh, at their own rate that way so so that's definitely one thing i've seen i've also you know when i tell people you know the world has changed and i don't think we're going back to the way things were but that's not necessarily a bad thing either one thing i'm really noticing starting to happen and i kind of predicted it as well um some time ago is when when everything seems good and authorities have a strong control on the narrative and what's gonna happen and where the money goes and who owes what the whom, 
people seek power for the pleasure of having power mm-hmm. but when things go down the toilet and things are hard you're you're going to see and you're already starting to see if you're paying attention these people you never heard about starting to take charge offering stuff realizing having the intelligence to anticipate what people will need and getting ahead of the curve so that to lessen the pain on everybody and you're yeah. starting to, to have people who are real natural leaders who weren't necessarily leading because they weren't hungry for power they weren't drawn to this you know positions of power and also you're seeing a lot of incompetent people that have placed themselves in situations of really high power that mm-hmm. are revealed for the idiots that they are <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I don't know if you're seeing that, but I, I'm certainly seeing that. And, and it's not everybody. It's not because people were in a situation of power that they're necessarily idiots and they're going to be dethroned. But you're certain, <laughs> you know, it's like being at a poker game and people are finally putting their cards down and you're seeing what everybody has to offer, right? Yeah. Because there's nothing to gain right now from being right. in a position of power mm-hmm. when everything's going downhill and things are changing so quick that you can't really anticipate right so i think no and you yeah i I think it's a real call for people to help each other out to find your value and to find your courage and realize i i almost i mean you've you've done expeditions we uh we both used to be in whitewater rafting right that -hmm. seems like so long right (laughs) (laughs) but um you know in the back country you don't do things because you're gonna get money from your fellow travelers with right you, yeah. you you do things because you realize in your group everything has something everybody has something to offer and everybody has needs or, or wants or, or longings for something companionship and and uh friendship and and so you kind of find this natural hierarchy of things you know and, and natural re reworking like you can have people that work in the corporations and all have these titled positions but when they go out in the backcountry to enjoy life they're not beholden to that right everything changes everybody it's a different environment i I think that's what we're going into i think people are going to find their they're going to find a space where they they fit in into this new paradigm and uh it's a real opportunity for people to, to, to shine in difficult Absolutely. times. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of the fear comes from as well, right? That taking away whatever that power, that confidence, that whatever, and, and you have to really rethink the way you're thinking I, to make yourself enjoy or see benefits in this. And I agree with you, I don't, I personally don't think that this is just gonna be gone in a blink of an eye. I, I think we're kidding ourselves if we think in, two to three weeks our kids are going back to school I I just don't see that happening and you know people going back to work I think it's going to take time and just to um, like I said before just accept it and choose to now make the best of what we've got uh, so many people are just so worried and so stressed but we can't control all that you know so yeah and I mean to those people I'd like to say you can do this you yeah, have it you, you have it in you you were just never put in a position to know that you have it in you and you're about to learn it 
Yeah. You don't know what you're able to do until you have to do it. I've seen this number of times because, you know, we, we both, uh, have worked in the back country. We, you know, I've come close, close to death many times. I, I've have to, I've had to deal with, with death and with hardship Mm -hmm. in, 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 uh, situations where there isn't this immediate backup. And I've seen people, you know, shine when you would have never thought that of them. Absolutely. So tr- trust in your, your own sacred power here. Um, yeah. You know, and it's, um, yeah, like I said, it, it's not a bad thing, but I don't think things are going back. And, you know, it makes you think, um, there, you know, we have uh, down in Southside in, in Revelstoke, we have quite a, mm-hmm. um, a big uh, old Italian community you know, and every summer they'll do these great big gardens and you're thinking, you know, why are they working so hard making these great big gardens all their lives? The kids are gone. They're by themselves. They're producing way more food than they can eat. Yeah. But (laughs) you got to understand like these cultures come from somewhere and it's these kinds of multi-generational scars of these events that have happened in the past that set this culture in motion. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think... I think those Italians probably do really well this year. <laughs> I think they're going to become very, they, they might've been very lonely, but I don't think they're going to be lonely now. <laughs> no, I think they're going to be very popular people in the community. And this yeah. is what I mean by people come out of nowhere and start to shine. It's like, where was this person for the last 10 years that I didn't know about mm-hmm. all of a sudden? Like you, you didn't know how to appreciate them as well. Right? Do without them, you know, all these, yeah. these artists that have been twerking, on on MTV or whatever it is now that kids listen to, that 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 have drawn that much attention and, and where so much resources have been thrown, like people are going to be mm-hmm. like, I don't have time for that shit, you know? No. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's interesting. Like I've always taken um, an interest in, you know, sewing and and growing a garden and. Um, my husband's a hunter and those things are all like more sustainable and specifically sustainable for our our little family our little bubble that we're living in um and I do you know a little tiny piece of me just this little bit just goes okay well this is sort of exciting that we get to really focus on my garden you know this is a little bit more exciting for us that I can show my son some more sewing and we can we can talk about that and create more things together um and that's what I'm that's what I keep getting back to I keep going back to that and I just want to shed some light on that for those people in those super stressful times like just take a little take a step back take a deep breath and you know think about stop thinking about your every single day whatever and just think about what you've got around you and what you're going to do with it and how are you going to make the best of it uh, my son the other day just took a an old box out of our recycling and made a fully working um uh, not ping pong table, but oh, now I'm not an old like a video game with paddles, flipping the balls around and hitting and, and making oh, points. Like, uh, pinball. Um, thank you, pinball. Oh, he made yeah. this pinball machine, and he's going on about it for hours. And I mean, there's no screens involved. He he stole some toothpicks and some string and maybe some tape, and off you go to the races. That was hours of activities, and I think that was really beneficial. And um, it's, it's exciting to see those little things. I mean, I'm not going to deny it. We're, he's not used to the 
this situation and he's had some stress and frustrations and just de-winding from the everyday that he's so used to. Um, he's in grade two. And so for him, like, it's been a change. It's been a switch in gears. And so we did make a little day-to-day -day activity of just when we have, when, you know, my baby has nap times and when we'll work on some work so I know I can give him some of my attention specifically and to be outside. And he loves this. He is ecstatic. He's over the moon. He runs over to the board and he says, oh, it's 12 o'clock. So that means lunch is coming next. Okay, good. Got it. And he's just in, you know, the seven-year-old phase, but he's also having to slow down. And I, I think over time he will learn and need to use that less and less. But right now he, he feels, you know, it's his, his sense of comfort in knowing what's next in his day-to-day. And so that's one of the things we've been doing, actually, that's been very helpful for his his transition, you know, into this new phase, this new timing and slowing down. Yeah, yeah. I really take the parent-child connection at heart. Um, I think that was a big scar in my childhood, despite the fact that, you know, from the exterior, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, you know, I wasn't the worst off. And, you know, I had parents mm -hmm. that, that did some really good things but as a child uh, with my parents splitting up when I was 11-ish uh, my dad worked quite hard he wasn't there a lot even though I really longed to connect with him in, in my uh, adulthood I connected with him quite a bit and I miss him very much because he's passed away now um, mm -hmm. and we used to Skype I mean, even though I lived 5,000 kilometers away I used to Skype call like three times a week and we used to have these great big discussions and and we wow. usually didn't agree on much but it, it just brought life to the discussion and we could still love each other after after those big discussions so it was great mm -hmm. um, so I opened up a um, obviously a lot of people are inquiring now about homeschooling so oh. <laughs> I, I, I made a, um, a new, we have a homeschool group uh, on Facebook for the homeschoolers that have already established themselves as homeschoolers uh, for a while. But I, um, <laughs> there was a lot of demand on that group and that was kind of creating some, some difficulties. So I opened up a, a new group called Welcome to Homeschooling Revelstoke. And we're just doing the half post. A lot of people are, are getting on there and inquiring. And I, I invited, you know, as much uh, experienced homeschoolers, new homeschoolers, teachers, any school staff right now that's laid off, you know. Um, yeah. If you really believe in your work and what you are doing, then you need, you need to change your methods and find out how you can support the parents now, right? Mm -hmm. and um, we all need to help each other and this might be a new environment for you but I, I really believe in the teachers I think you know I, I, I'm not a big fan of the public schooling system I think there's a lot of problems with it but once again I'm not throwing out the, the baby with the bathwater. there's a lot of good people that really want to do good and a lot of probably the ones that want to do it the most weren't always able to be put in a position where they can really maximize their impact here's your yeah. chance here's your chance the world has changed you can make of it whatever you want you can stay home yeah. and drink wine or you can realize <laughs> that your community still needs you that's why although that tax money is going into trying to keep those schools open now 
no amount of money will keep them open right now. You need to use your imagination, the technological means that, you know, we're talking to each other across yeah. the, the country right now. The, the, yeah. we're, we live in such a privileged time now. You know, this isn't 1918 with the uh, Spanish flu where all this technology wasn't there and, and self-isolation no, would have meant death, you know. We still yeah. can do so much to help each other out. So let's get out there. So I just wanted to mention, I'm just going to do a real quick screen share and let me know what you think as a parent who unschools and homeschools, home educates uh, their kids. I kind of learned, uh, I kind of put up kind of a 10-step or 10 point pathway to home education that people need to know it's not instantaneous. Your kids need to adapt to the new situation and you need to adapt to the new situation. So yeah. I, I'll, I'll just talk about the guidelines and maybe you can comment. I'll just do the screen share again real quick. How's that looking? All right. All right. So this is uh, the pictures of uh, Diego making his pizza, which is probably oh, his favorite food. No, <laughs> for those of you who know me from Keto Power Fitness, no, it's not keto pizza. <laughs> but he loves it, <laughs> and we don't impose on our kids the way they should eat. Uh, we yeah. educate them, and then we encourage them to make their decision, and we respect that, and we we buy stuff for them to go ahead and, and make their decision and you'll be surprised how good the decisions that they can make and how enthusiastically and we can see the mozzarella here and this is uh this one here i think is pizza dough from la baguette uh from le marché in, in um revelstoke but he he has been known to make his own uh his own dough as well so anyways um a pathway to home education number one reassure both kids and parents reassure yourselves okay one of the first things that parents would tell me when I suggest that they should consider homeschooling is like, oh, I could never do that. Well, yeah. you know what? Now you're going to do it. Now you have to. So, you don't get a choice now. <laughs> it, exactly. And it's, it's one of those things that when you have the choice, you're like, oh, I'm not doing it because I can't do it. But when you have to do it and you will do it, then you're yeah. going to be able to do it. So trust in yourself. And reassure your kids too that you know you you're gonna make mistakes they're gonna make mistakes but make sure that they're in a safe space learning is about making mistakes finding out what your mistakes were and correcting them and then moving on so yeah. it's it's time for them to make mistakes so that they can learn from it they don't have a family that depends on the whole world's gonna, gonna crumble because your kid made a mistake so let them make their mistakes and then use that as learning opportunities okay reconnect as a family before you even go and think about curriculum and that they have to do their math tables and everything else that's not gonna work if you don't reconnect your kids have been you've sent them off to school you've sent them off you've disconnected from them I know I, I'm not being accusatory you have to go to work bills have to be paid you provide a nice home for them you provide food for them and that has a cost in your relationship so don't beat yourself up over it but the truth is that you've been disconnected from your kids because they've had to connect with school they've had to connect with their teachers with their peers and they've had to survive and thrive in that environment and your home environment is quite different and you guys need to reconnect before you try to accomplish anything okay and once you start to reconnect number three is make a plan 
okay? Let your child know and try to figure out where it is you want to go with this. And I guarantee you, if you're new at this, you're going to make a plan and your plan's going to break down. You're not going to follow through with it. It's not going to work out as planned. <laughs> no. But it's still good to have a plan and to know where it's it is you want to go. Because if you don't know where you're aiming, you can't reach any kind of target. Absolutely. And you'll need mm -hmm. to reassess your plan regularly and... and and that's going to evolve and, and, you know, kind of forgive yourself for that for sure. Okay. And then number four, I think is really important. Be a model. Okay. And, you know, it's one thing to tell your kids, oh, you know, no screen time. But if you're constantly on your phone and you tell them no screen time, that's not going to work. They learn so much by how you act so much more than what you tell them. Sure, you can use force and punishment and control to keep them from doing stuff that you decide to do for yourself, but that's only going to work as long as you're willing to put so much energy into controlling them that you rupture mm -hmm. that relationship again. So don't ask of them as children to avoid things that you can't even uh, avoid as an adult. So work on yourself being a model and don't worry so much about them and what you do they're going to imitate so if you don't want them to drink alcohol all day long well don't sit there and drink alcohol all day long and i know it's tough especially when times are stressful but don't don't have them have a bar that's higher than yours respect their their people too and they have their weaknesses too and just talking about that can be a real um, opportunity to learn mm -hmm participate in their chosen activities okay let them choose the activities as much as possible right that's one thing they didn't have in school is that mm -hmm. you know they get told what to do right and so if they're home if they're keen on doing something that's really interesting them to them they're more likely to learn trying to accomplish something or doing something that they really like and sometimes you Absolutely. might be surprised that might even include video games. <laughs> yeah. All right. totally. One thing we did as parents, which was really hard at first, because you kind of, oh, they're in front of the screen and you're disconnected from what they're going through on the screen and you don't get it. And you just feel them being disconnected from you and it gets really frustrating. So one of the things we did, we encouraged them to join us in our activities at the time we were doing mountain biking or ski touring or going for a walk or whatnot or participating in, in chores we've got you know a lot of chores around the house and stuff and that has to be a two-way street so we let them invite us in their video games absolutely so we played minecraft and they taught us how to play minecraft because i was a real klutz at it and <laughs> and um roblox and and all that stuff right so they re the amount of enjoyment and pride you take in getting your kids to do stuff that's part of your world is the same thing they feel when you when they can convince you to be part of their world so don't hesitate mm -hmm. to find out what's going on in their world and that they'll just bring that connection and and that'll really help you when you see them on the screen you can relate to what they're doing you're not just seeing them on a screen wasting yeah. time necessarily obviously Absolutely. you know you need to, to balance that out however it needs to be balanced out but get into their world that's really important and then observe their interactions in the learning. So much learning happens in real life, right? Give me um, an example of 
learning that you observe in real life uh, from your kids. And you have two different, totally different ages. You could probably find tons of stuff from either ages. Oh my goodness, all the time, all the time. Um, yeah, like my seven-year-old Jack, he's pretty, he's pretty creative. So whenever we're outside, like he's out there collecting pine cones, He's inside building things. He, his favorite thing to do right now is anything cardboard. He's building. He's constantly building something. He's cutting holes. He's stacking them. He's building homes and channels and tunnels. And that is like, it, we love it. It's amazing. But I do joke about having to like, you know, take the, recy the recycling out and hide it from him. But <laughs> our basement may be full of boxes and I, I Surely his room at least has three or four in there, but just by his choice. And um, he loves to build and create things right now. And just for us to come and see what he's what he's been up to, what he's doing is like his greatest joy. He, he likes this more than Lego right now. It's, it's amazing. Um, and my little guy who is Charlie, he's six months. He's always teaching me patience. I mean. I gotta say, I like to get things done and I like to be efficient. And it's like starting over again with a baby seven years later, but patience, um, it's not, you know, there's lots of other things he can teach us, but he's, he's a joy. And um, I just have to remember to slow down. And before all this happened, he was probably my biggest reminder to just slow down. This, this goes by really fast and try to take it in. So I guess those are two, um, learning points for, for us that are just in the moment kind of things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for, for the audience members that haven't had children, mm -hmm. like you can't imagine when you have a young child to get ready and you want to go somewhere, imagine yeah. this 15 minute trip and it turns into this multi-day expedition. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. Like, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Five minutes it can turns take into us. three hours to get things done. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you've got parents in your community and you can support them by helping out, they will appreciate it so much. And as I think you know, um, we're about to go through it again. Julie, yes. due in July. That's amazing. Congratulations. Ju well, I mean, you remember Julie. Uh, you were here for us. I mean, she had severe depression in yeah. um, what it was 2007, I think, when we had Diego. She went through a lot. Those were mm -hmm. learning things that we need to go through. Oh my God. And yep. to see her, to watch her deal with the situation and trust people around her that need to do things. And she does what she needs to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, she, we, the reason why we put it off for, for 10, 12 years before having it, we already, we always had yeah. planned a bigger family, but she was on medication that, prevented us from procreating and and uh mm -hmm. we we found ways uh to get her off that and get her the help she needed and uh now you know and by the way i if you you're looking for resources to deal with anxiety uh, get off um antidepressors anti-anxiety medication uh, write me a note. Uh, I know a lot of, they say like, uh, in the States, one woman in four is on antidepressants. Yeah. And, uh, you know, mm -hmm. there are ways around that. I, I, we've done so much work on that. And, um, so it's so good to, to watch her just kind of get through these hard times and she's yeah. not sheltered from 
what can potentially happen. She's got me in the house and like, I don't hide anything from her. Right. And, and, uh, yeah. if you mm -hmm. watch my podcast at all, like I'm pretty straightforward. I, I assume <laughs> the worst, I hope for the best, but I'll, I'll explore all the way to the worst case scenarios. And she's quite aware. And we've made the kids aware of, yeah. of potential and that, you know, what'll make the difference is how we act and how we react to what's going on. Now it's what's going on is depends on us. It's not something coming from the exterior. It's this massive collective individual reaction that we're going to have. And we still have a lot of control on where it goes from here. So uh, if you break down and you let the world crumble around you, then that's, that's what you're going to get. But if you rise to the occasion, and become leaders in your community then you know there's your opportunity so anyways getting back to number seven integrate the learning and daily activities okay still a lot of things need to be done around the house and oh yeah kids for kids to become adults they need to participate and one thing that really comes to mind for me and i don't know if you can relate you were homeschooled so things were probably oh, yeah. better for you but uh, my my mom Mm -hmm. was more concerned about us making a, um, a mess in the kitchen than learning how to bake and cook and, and become autonomous and be able to, to, to prepare things for ourselves, right? So that blocked us, mm -hmm. blocked our learning until, you know, that's one thing I see a lot is like, well, kids are natural learners. They want to get out there and do stuff and they want to do the stuff that you do right mm -hmm. but if you block all those opportunities for them to do that then that leaves them nothing left but to spend time and go play on the screen or, or whatever it is because you've blocked the other avenues when Diego has been asking us to get a dog for quite some time and like we couldn't really afford a dog I ideally like it wasn't really in our plans and stuff but I told Julie like well, we, we can keep him from getting a dog, like not paying for the dog and all that. But then how can you blame him for spending so much time playing video games? He wants a dog, but he can't have it. So what's he going to do? He's got a, his energy and his, his, his attention has to go somewhere. Right. So, mm -hmm. so we, you know, when you respect that need of your children, instead of focusing on the behavior, you can really uh, change things around. So we made the hard decision to, to get a dog and you know, now he has no choices. He walks the dog, he picks up after him. Um, he's been great. He was studying dog books the whole time when we were about to do it. He studied, you know, putting his budget together cause he participated in, in paying for most of that dog and the food and, uh, you know, and all that. So it's been a great learning experience that we have completely avoided if we had made the decision to to, yeah. to keep things the way they always had been yeah um, so for us with the way that i was raised being homeschooled with there's four of us um it was quite the opposite i would say there was a lot of <laughs> there was a lot of mess and busy things happening all the time um our house was like full of different animals and we always had chores and we were never really paid for chores we could have been but it, we had to ask so if we wanted to like make money for anything in particular there would be sort of an extra job or chore that we could do but we had a farm and my mom always said you know 
you have to contribute as a family to make things work, you know? So feeding the animals in the barn is not like a, it's not a chore, making your bed, it's not a chore you get paid for. Making the bed, helping clean up the kitchen after dinner, whatever that may be, that's just, that's just a part of being life, you know, being in life. And um, that's something we, I mean, it's not always easy because sometimes, you know, depending on how exhausted you are or whatever, maybe you're kind of like, okay, am I really gonna have him help the dishes? He might drop the dishes, the food might end up on the floor and then da 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 da, da right? But oh well, like, who cares? He's gonna but, learn from that experience and move on and still help us work as a family. So that's what we try to do as well. Yeah, and picking up is part of the learning too. Absolutely. How do you clean okay. something up after you make a mess, right? Yeah, yeah, it's always, it's always a... If you never make a mess, you don't get to find out. (laughs) That's right. And I mean, we're not like, you know, we kind of go in a couple of days where it'll just be projects here and this there and the table's full of stuff and the kitchen's kind of not really that clean. And then after a few days, it's like, okay, enough is enough. And with my seven-year-old, just for the age that he's at, we really, we do a timer. We're like, okay, we're going to put some fun music on and we're going to take 10, 15 or 20 minutes, depending on how bad the mess is. And we're going to just say, okay, this is our time. We're going to clean. And he loves it because he knows there's an end to it. And then once that kind of job is done, um, if he can get on to something else and he knows it's not going to be like we're going to clean up and we have to keep cleaning and then oh don't forget about this so that's what works for us and i would highly recommend it with that age group it works really well yeah and you really want to reach out to kids where they're at not where you want them to be you don't want to overwhelm them and it, it really brings us to our next point here which is invite don't force yeah right you, you want to invite them into your world and if you have some cleaning to do invite them to help you put on some music do the dishes together kind of dance around make it fun if you consider those chores like a hell sentence then you can't expect them to be enthusiastic about it no right don't pick up on that they know they know right and then you know their attention span and their their capacity to do that work is limited they're not adults respect that when they're ready to go back to what they were doing respect it but always kind of invite them if you start to force them then they will only do it when they're forced and that doesn't go away until that dynamic changes so yeah Uh, and then number nine is be grateful if you guys are all together you know i think just the fact that parents and kids are going to spend so much time together will improve society in 10 20 years like multiple folds Mm -hmm. I, i think that's been really lacking is for people to uh really connect that they're very basic relationships because once you establish proper strong bonding and good relationships with the people that are the closest to you you can then extrapolate that to the rest of the world but Mm -hmm. until until you have those good relationships you just bring the dysfunction into all the other relationships that you have and um, I mean that's that's something we've learned from from some pretty hard lessons in life and then number 10 is believe in your kids all right if you don't believe in them they're not going to believe in in themselves your kids are able to do and create and be so much more than you might think and let them show you 
take the time there's no i mean if if your work is affected right now and you're stuck at home as well and your kids are home for whatever whether you're stuck because of them or because your work is stopped you've got some time now so you know be grateful for that time and believe in your kids and really rebond so those are my those are kind of what i put down it's a good list Claude. that's a good list so yeah so i did want to mention um i have started an online community for moms and if they are interested it's called mama needs a timeout you'll find it on facebook and um really i just share day in and day out things um but with sort of like an optimistic view about it um and make light of as much as we can but a lot of moms also have used it as a platform to just be really honest and talk about you know what their struggles and what their fears are and um it's just a safe inviting place and i just wanted to throw it out there and even if julie's wants to add me on facebook or join the group she's more than welcome on over um and we've had a lot of fun on there in the course of the week it's grown like crazy and um yeah i just wanted to throw it out there some more yeah. moms that you know have an outlet i think the better it is for everybody so make sure you send me uh, that in the um maybe in my comments or just just uh send me that on messenger there i'll add that to the uh information on the video this is going on youtube and also on the podcast on anchor uh, to be distributed on itunes uh spotify and multiple other uh platforms and i just want to vouch for hillary uh i've seen her in action uh i've i i know that she lives the way that that with the things she knows and she can really really have some good um good ideas for you and uh i would uh, i would take her advice uh if you have any questions so i encourage you to get in touch and i think she can certainly be a real leader and help you out and we're worlds apart right now but i feel so much closer i'm so glad i contacted you because um, yes. yeah so. i think That's you're going to be one of those people that are really going to shine in this uh hard uh, environment now and um you have an opportunity to be a leader because you've worked through a lot of things before this happened and i think you'll do really well so make sure you keep Thank in you. touch absolutely we'll do all right this again do, you ha- do you have a youtube channel i don't have a youtube channel but you can definitely find me on instagram at hillary's silver lining and then um again the facebook group mama needs a timeout So you are welcome to find me on those two platforms and definitely you know shoot me a personal message and talk about whatever's going on. I'm always here to listen. Okay, and you can certainly link this video in in your Instagram account and on Facebook as well. Yeah, perfect. Right. Okay, we'll, we'll chat soon. Take care everybody. Good Stay happy. To you. And happy. Bye. Bye. So I'm just going to